1: My guest today is Dr. Stephen Green, and he's an author, educator, and founder of Make the Grade, a tutoring education training company. Dr. Green is a lifelong educator. He holds a state teaching certificate in comprehensive science and has taught math and science at the middle school, high school, and university level. Over the past 23 years, Stephen has worked with over 11,000 students and their families, as well as entrepreneurs, helping them achieve personal success and reach their goals with education. Make the Grade provides individualized support for students and their families, and specializes in all areas of math, science, and test preparation. Both the SAT and the ACT. His program also assists with the college admissions process, study skills, and time management. Stephen, welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. I am really happy to be here and uh, I am looking forward to our discussion.
1: Well, I know there is always a story behind for anyone who has ever written a book and (laughs) you who have started a company tell us your story how did you get into this
0: well where to begin uh i'll I'll start with this both my parents were teachers my mother was a, a elementary school teacher my father was a college professor so i always was in a household that stressed and valued education and I didn't necessarily grow up wanting to be a teacher every single day, but I kind of just was always pulled in that direction. So I went through the typical uh, you know, processes of getting the degree and get, getting certified and such and such and such. Um, but like a lot of these things, uh, you know, the story really starts when you actually start doing it. <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 wanting to be a teacher and actually being a teacher are really two different things because you now have to deal with the managing of the classroom and the different personalities of all the children. And, and, and frankly, some of the politics and the, and all of this, and it's not just about this sort of um, idealized standing up in front of a room and, and kind of just sharing information that you love. So, um, yeah, so we, I've been on kind of every side of it, but what, what eventually led to where I am today, was I had an opportunity to participate in starting an after-school program. I was working, or I was associated with a school that had a lot of, now they would call underserved, children who just weren't being able to cut academically getting into college. So we came up with this idea to do enrichment and fortification and remediation after school because there just wasn't enough time in the school day Uh, to provide them with this information. So it it was mostly for 10th, 11th, and 12th graders. Uh, And it was basically, these kids had to want to be there. It was very scrutinized. If they missed a certain number of days, they were ousted from the program. And we did everything we thought would help them get into college. We helped them with SAT prep and ACT prep. Uh, We helped them with some fundamental math, with writing. Um, This wasn't to say they weren't learning this in class time but they, weren't, they were just uh, below grade level or they weren't at competency level. And working in that program, I developed a lot of the mechanical things that if you flash forward at that point several years, became really the core of the book. And um, the book really is, is really more of a workbook than uh, it's certainly not a, a story. It's, it's really an, a hands-on thing. You could read a page or two of the book and then go and actually do something, uh, make a calendar, make an outline, uh, have a different way to look at information, because that's really my whole mo. I should get a t-shirt that says, "Take action, <laughs> do something," um, and that. So that's that's essentially where it all came from: was working with people, seeing that they had skills they needed to develop, and and understanding that to theorize about it. And to just say, yeah, if you study more, you'll get better. I, I didn't see being effective enough or, or efficient enough. So I developed techniques I believed was accelerating that process. And, and ultimately, that kind of whittled down to the book. Um, not that the book is necessarily just for 10th, 11th, 12th graders. It's really, I believe, for anybody really probably third or fourth grade and older. But the idea of creating action steps and small digestible chunks, like learn this, do it, learn this, do it. Um, because all the big gains always start with little gains, right? And, and that's what we're building upon day to day, week to week, month to month. So where I am now is, is basically just continuing that process. I see this as really a never ending challenge because there's always new people and new students. And, you know, as the, just the competitiveness of, of the landscape of, of just even getting into college is, is become so great, everything just ramps up. So uh, that's, that's, that's my story. <laughs> um, I'm going to stick with it, but that's, that's basically what it is. There's a lot of details, obviously. I could probably talk a month about that. But I think ultimately the bottom line is very simple, um, is that I want people to be able to use the book and other resources I have to be able to improve their personal and individual academic circumstances. That's ultimately what it comes down to. So it's just a tool.
1: You mentioned that your tagline is providing parents with action steps to enhance their children's learning or their children's education. So it's, it's, and as you mentioned, beneficial for students parents, and teachers.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, and I've listened to your podcasts. I think they're excellent on a variety of topics. There was one, you were talking to a young man about science Mm -hmm. and just a brilliant session on how to make, science come alive it was on creativity. Yeah, I think, yeah
0: that was the one with the moon and things um what i learned listen i think as many people as you're going to ever work with they're all going to be a little bit different right and everybody's going to learn a little bit differently everybody's going to have different priorities and and what i also know and i think i think most people in education would agree with this is learning something and understanding it is not just the same thing as being able to communicate it. And, and I see one of the challenges I see, and this is kind of get into my tagline is what do you do with a child who studies and studies and studies? And they swear, I know it, I got it down, I know it, I can deal with it. And then they go in and take an exam, and the grade doesn't reflect that that. It, it, maybe they get an 80 or 70 or whatever, but they consider a disappointing score. And maybe because the way the test was designed wasn't consistent with how the child studied or how they were able to present the information. And that's not a condemnation of of test design or I'm I'm not going to I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying that you need to be able to understand the information so that you can then talk about it in multiple ways, because that's really a practical real world skill. So when I say I'm trying to give parents tools, because most of the time, especially with younger children, seven, eight, 10, maybe even up till 13, 14, the parents are still typically very involved in the child's education. Uh, I don't know that the days of everybody eating dinner and then sitting around the kitchen table doing homework are all that popular anymore like they were when I was growing up. But, but still the parents tend to be more involved. Once the children get into high school, and obviously they're older, they're more mature, they should be more responsible and should take more ownership. Uh, the parents tend to back away. They may not even know what the children are learning week to week. Um, but but it, it's, it's being a parent, uh, I, I know this, is it's frustrating for a parent when they want to help. They want to be there to help their child, but they don't, I haven't had this math in 20 years, and what you have in fourth grade, I had in 11th grade, and you know, that kind of the way that just everything's accelerated um, and the parents feel sometimes that they, they're not empowered uh, to be able to help their children. So that's something I, I try to address um, by giving the parents ways that they can move this along, sometimes curriculum based, but more often process based and, and idea based. Um, so that's, you know, that's what another thing I think is, is really important as well.
1: So are there things parents could do just to encourage their child to be a better learner, more a better problem solver, more interested in finding solutions?
0: Well, in my opinion, I, I, I think part of it is is being efficient and systematic in how you study. Uh, I, I don't think we should assume that every child is going to be passionately interested in every subject they have to learn. I always liked math. I always liked science. I always liked history. Honestly, off the record, (laughs) I could have taken or left like literature and stuff. I didn't mind it. It wasn't like I didn't do it, but it just wasn't my kind of thing. So like most people, I put more energy and more time into the things that I enjoyed. And what would always happen was it would be time to do homework. I would do my math first. I do my science second, I do my history third, and then I kind of like, you know, struggle, get through the the English or the composition or the language arts sort of thing. And and I don't think that's changed. I think every person has their likes and their dislikes that way. But I think to answer the question regarding the parents, uh, I, I think everybody has a natural curiosity for something. Hopefully it's what you're learning in school, but it may not be. So I think it's okay to encourage a child to have other interests, to have hobbies, to have um, things in their life that maybe aren't necessarily academic, but you can learn the same thing that drives you to be interested in that is that same spark that you are trying to encourage and and grow in the academic side. Um, I think structure is really important. I do think it's important that parents provide structure. Uh, to just say to a child, hey, go upstairs and do your homework, see you in three hours, uh, yeah, that, that's hit or miss, right? So you, you, there needs to be time management to some degree, especially if children can't do it on their own and many can't. Uh, there needs to be some accountability. I think it's completely acceptable for a parent to know what is expected of the child in school and to be able to keep up with timetables and deadlines and things like that. Uh, in the same way, we always want to have an environment where the children are comfortable going to the parents for help and not feeling like you're going to get yelled at. Hey, I can't do my math homework. I not understand it. What do you mean you don't understand it? What do you mean? What's going on here? What did I raise? Uh, you know, we don't want that either. So we, we want a, you know, a harmonious sort of situation. And sometimes, frankly, it's just not possible in certain households because of people's priorities or their time or their work commitments or things like this. But th- these are many of the tools and many of the things that I, I talk about uh, in, in, you know, the various forums I have, but, but to, to it, part of this is just being involved, right. Part of this as a parent is, is taking an interest in your children and their education, um, and everything they do. You know, if a kid's in sports, you know, you go watch his sports games, right. Or their, her sports games or dance or gymnastics or art or music, you know, you would always go to a concert your child's in you should take the same interest in what they're doing day to day and their homework and tests and things like that. So I'm not sure they're always looked at, at the same level of interest by a parent. Hey, you know, my kid got the championship basketball game next week. That's exciting. Wow. My kids got a science quiz Friday. <laughs> I'm not sure that's <laughs> exactly the same level of enthusiasm and you can understand why. Uh, but, but, but they may be just as important to the child, you know, in the short run and in the long run. So I think these are just a sensitivity sometimes to the the larger condition that's important as well.
1: I agree. I agree. And I really like that idea of encouraging them to pursue their interest. And even if it isn't related to their homework, because in the long run, you consider most people make their career something they're interested in as opposed to just a subject they got good grades on.
0: It, absolutely. I, I I saw some statistics which I'm probably going to misquote. I, I think it's like 14%, it was really, really low of people who go to college, end up working in the field that they even major in. forget yeah, and of like the 14%, like 90% of them were like pre-med and pre-law, like things where you really have to track and lock in. So you know the, the likelihood of somebody doing it at age 30 or 40 what they're studying at 18 or 20, isn't really very high, which is what it is. But, you know, there's a lot of things look when you're in sixth or seventh grade and you're studying whatever phases of the moon or, uh, you know, geology or whatever the science is, um, these may not be things you're going to be as interested in 30 years later, but certain things, other hobbies, playing a musical instrument, these are all things that you may be. So, um, you know, it, it, I think it's to some degree just being a well-rounded person, and some this is something parents can encourage. It isn't to say grades aren't important, and you know I don't necessarily want a child who's a you know, fabulous violin player but's failing out of school. Um, so you know you, you hear the word balance. You know balance is a good word to use here, but but I, I I do believe that part of what drives the success of all this is is knowing what you have to do and having a system in order to accomplish it. And that's not to plug my book, but it's going to plug the book, really what the purpose of the book is, to give a fundamental core system to accomplish that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I And I, I think, too, the value of teaching someone to be curious and to want to learn, just maybe that's it.
0: A- There's sort of a pride... There's sort of a pride thing too. I'll, I'll, to go back and I, to, just to reference it, the podcast episode you talked about, I think it's number 24 or something. But what was happening was, here's the background on that. I was working with a child I've worked with for a couple of months. And they had to learn the phases of the moon, starting with a new moon. And they had a sheet of paper and had all of them on it with pictures. And it was very complete. They pretty much had, had to memorize what was on the page. So, but they just, it just wasn't, it wasn't working. This was not the learning method that was going to help this child learn. this.
1: Yeah.
0: Like the sort of staring at it, regurgitating it. It just wasn't working. So I said, let's do this. Why don't we make flashcards? So we took, I took the piece of paper. I made a copy of it. I got some scissors. We cut it up and we kind of had a deck, almost like a deck of cards made from the now chunks of the sheet. And that, worked a little bit better until they get out of order so i said let's try it unshuffled and then i I know i know that's a bit, so i know he likes one of his goals is he wants to be like a sportscaster on the television so i said why don't we do it this way why don't we do it like an interview so i took out um i got my whole podcasting uh, rig happened to be in my office so i said let's just let's play around with this so i did it like an interview so I said, hey, you know, hey, we're in the office, and I've got moon expert student here. and hey, Tell me about the moon. And we, it was like a five-minute conversation. Well, this was recorded um, about four weeks ago now from whatever present time is when people are listening. He got 100 on this quiz. And uh, I'm not going to say that's because I am so brilliant or anything, but it's because we found a way that he could learn it that, that resonated and was effective and it took actually a lot less time once we sorted that out now you know what are you gonna do learn try eight different ways to learn every single thing you can't do that either but if you do this enough you start to find patterns and you start to see situations where things like this work
1: yeah so you had a verbal learner who was given a visual teaching <laughs>
0: Correct. Modality,
1: yeah. yeah, and you just helped him make it verbal. That's awesome. And parents can do that too.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Well, that right. So it's just something else to try. Um, and and the, the other thing about it was, so the podcast went live, and you know, I must have got twenty messages from his mother. How proud he was! Now he shared with all his friends uh-huh. and all the kids at his school were listening to it. I'm like, great, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> so uh, you know the, we'll we'll see where it goes in the long run, but yeah. So I think you have to be willing to experiment. You have to be willing to try different things. Some of them aren't going to work as well. Some will work great, and uh, you just you know kind of see. But but the other side of that is knowing what's available to you, yes. right? Like if you don't even think to try an audio technique, you're not going to try an audio technique. Yeah. Um So that's 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 what's going on with that the 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 beauty of this sort of stuff is that it it, any of this can work for anyone as long as people are aware that it's an option for them yes and i think one of the things that you're doing and i'm trying to do is 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 just raise awareness right um you know i'm trying to be a problem solver but but part of being a problem solver is is giving people solutions to all sorts of different problems and let, let them determine what the best solution is for them uh maybe by trying some different things but maybe just because it's new you know it breaks them out of a of a little bit of a mold or maybe a sort of a slump that they're in and they, one other thing i want to throw out there is and i'm not sure what your opinion about this i'd be curious to hear but if you if you measure what is success right what is academic success is somebody successful only if they get straight A's. Uh, is somebody successful if they're working to their ability? And maybe that's B's. Is somebody successful if they've been failing and now they got C's? So, you know, I, I obviously everybody strives or in theory strives for, for perfection and the top level. But, you know, sometimes you have to just say, hey, listen, as long as you did the best you could and you're happy with your effort, we did what we could do and, and you did what you could do.
1: And you learn something. To me, that's, that's academic success. I believe so. And, and sometimes the most important thing for students to learn is that they are capable.
0: Yeah, because, well, because people aren't going to take risks at all if they don't feel like they're going to have some success when they do it. Yes. So if, if you can show somebody, Hey, look, you did 10 questions, you got three, right? That's not fabulous, but look at the three we got, right. What, did we do in those three questions that created the success? Well, let's do less of what got the seven wrong. Let's figure out what helped to get the three right. Now we're sort of subtracting out the actual information. We're talking more from the technique side. Maybe next time you get five then you get six then you get five, then you get seven and we're driving in the, in the correct, the trend is where we want it to go. Mm -hmm. So when people can know, can see this, they're more willing to try different things. They're more willing to, um, take a shot. Maybe it won't work, but at least they took the shot at doing it instead of just giving up or, or any of that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's a fascinating thing. I've been doing this for a long time, many years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just say many years. And I, every day is still, you know, something new, something different, something challenging comes in. So I don't think that'll ever change. One of the things that keeps you going uh, but but what, what 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 do you think about that? Do you have an opinion on the kind of measure of success? Because that, sometimes that's what drives from the parent side. You know, some yes. parents are, hey, my kid doesn't get an A or my kid doesn't get into an Ivy League school or, you know, my kid, uh-huh. you know, it, it, you know uh, so sometimes the expectations of the parents are not realistic with the ability of the student. Or sometimes you have another way around. Sometimes it goes, flips the other place. But sometimes that's a challenge, too.
1: Oh, yeah, I I totally agree that again, I have seen the greatest success when the focus was on the child and it wasn't, you know, the parents getting their expectations, reliving their childhood through their child, Mm -hmm. but focusing on what is in the best interest of my child, what will allow them to develop their strengths to serve others, to find happiness and contentment in life and success doesn't look the same for everyone. It isn't, it isn't always, it isn't always straight A's. Sometimes the straight A students are the most highly stressed, miserable people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because they're putting the pressure on themselves, which isn't always a horrible thing, uh, but it is when it gets out of control.
1: Yes, yes. And that's the key. That's the key. It's meeting those personal goals. And as and when they're teenagers, they're old enough to start setting their own goals and and choosing the type of life that they want. And I think Mm -hmm. that's that delicate balance. Parents still have to be involved. But they also may find they need to be pulling out of the control area. I mean, you, you control everything your newborn does, what they wear, what they eat, everything. Mm-hmm. But by the time your child is a teenager, you're pulling back. You're letting them well, yeah. make more and more decisions.
0: Well, and you should be.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Yes. Well, listen, th- th- Look, we're not here to talk about child psychology or parenting percent, but, <laughs> but, 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 it, but, it's, but it's impossible to completely separate parenting from education.
1: Yes, that's true. That's true. They are, they are the most important component. And I liked what you were saying, you know, sometimes they don't feel capable, but they are, they know their child better than any of the school professionals. So they need Mm -hmm. to contribute and learn and just form that effective team with their child's teachers. And I love, I love the Practical advice you give parents, this book. So, and I'll have your links on my website right. so people can find you. And what's the best way to contact you?
0: Well, the uh, easiest way would simply be to email me, which uh, you could probably put in your notes, but okay. it's S-G-R-E-E-N-E at Make the Grade, which is the name of my business, Make the Grade, dot net. Specifically, if you want to find out about the book, it is maximeducation.net. But everything is really sort of centralized in my website, which is makethegrade.net. What I would encourage people to do is uh, listen to the podcast. I appreciate that, but uh, I do have a community, uh, a Facebook community, which is called the Make the Grade Success Community, Make the Grade Maximum Education Success and Resource Communities. So these are places people can go in, interact, post up questions. Uh, there's a lot of peer-to-peer support going on in there. But that's, you know, that's, I mean, and they got the whole social media, you know, Twitter and all that. So it's easy to get people find you nowadays. I, 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 I think that the best um, thing people can do is just be involved, you know, get involved, be involved, stay involved with your kids and there's lines and there's boundaries, but even so, that's still really, really important. So, uh, you know, th- this is a way, when I, when I really put all this together and rolled it out, this was not so parents would have to be teachers at home at night with their children. We're not, I'm not suggesting parents should be co-teachers teaching their kids math, science. You're not homeschooling your kids if they're going to school. But I do think that the parents Want and well, I know they want, and I know they need resources that are appropriate for their situations, and that was my mission was to help to provide that, yes. along with plenty of other people. I'm certainly not the only one with good ideas, um, and and you know, that's really where it's at. I, I, you know down the road, I, I see this expanding. You know, I think, I think more and more people are going to try to take advantage of this. It's actually gotten much much easier. Uh, because of the technology
1: yes uh, I mean
0: social media is one way to communicate but you know the forum that we've recorded this podcast on uh, you know there's a lot of very easy ways to connect digitally and and um, you know things like this so it really I'm going to try to say this in the most positive way I can if people parents are wanting to help their children where the children are wanting to help themselves be better students there's certainly no shortage of accessible ways that they can get information to do that. Uh, I mean, just jumping on the internet or picking up your phone. Um, The quality of them may vary and the appropriateness for your particular situation is going to vary. But, but, you know, it's certainly nobody should say, gee, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go for help. I give up. That really shouldn't be happening in almost 2020 and uh, just because of the surfeit of really good resources that are available, so and then I think one other thing is, and this is a question just to pose, and maybe it's a different conversation, but is how what are so how do you know when your kid needs help? You know, what should you be looking for as a parent? Obviously, if the kid comes home with an F on a paper or a report card, uh, but sometimes by the time you as a parent get to that point, it, you, you know, the ship has sailed, right? So, you yes. know, like. one of the things I've addressed on my own podcast are kind of warning signs, you know, what are little subtle things that a parent might perceive that maybe kids, they're slipping or they're they're not where they need to be, but they're not at a sort of danger point yet. Um, and, you know, I'm not trying to turn parents into like detectives that snoop around their kids all the time. But, but i you know you you want to nip anything big in in the bud really small you want a little problem fix it little problem fix it before it becomes a much much larger problem that requires a way way more effort to correctly and properly address
1: Oh, I solidly agree with that. Early yeah. prevention is best. Yep. So you give some of these warning signs in some of your other podcasts?
0: I don't want to call them warning signs. Uh, yeah, yeah. the answer is yes. I, I call them more triggers. Um, just things parents can kind of look for uh, that might, I'm, just, I'm going to emphasize might, indicate that larger issues are sort of under the surface, uh, that maybe haven't even surfaced yet. You know, like maybe, maybe. For, like I'll give you an example. Uh, maybe a kid just doesn't hand in a couple homeworks in a row. Well, maybe they forgot. But if their history is that they always hand in homework, maybe they didn't know how to do it. Or maybe they just, you know, are overwhelmed by it or something. So it's like little things like that. You know, that's three points, two points. That's not gonna really sway their grade usually. Yeah. But it might indicate that they're not ready for the next quiz. Yeah. And if they're not ready for the next quiz, maybe they're not ready for the next test. Yeah. And now the whole thing begins to snowball. And now you've got a situation where, uh uh-oh, what do we do? Do we need to get a tutor? I mean, like, this is how I get people uh, when they get to me uh, for that piece of it. So just little things like that, you know, checking on homework, checking on, you know, comprehension of small things, having kids explain things to you. Um, I I tell parents this too, go to, especially with um, more complicated things, go to the kids and say, hey, you know, I I don't get physics, Emma Lou. I I, haven't been physics since I was in. 11th grade. Can you explain to me how you did this problem? I just asked your kid to kind of teach it to you and see see if you understand it after they do or not. And it looks like the kid's got no idea what he's doing. Maybe they do have no idea what they're doing. Um, so these are ways that you can positively, hopefully, non-confrontationally yes. uh, get this sort of information without creating some sort of friction or a fight. Because what you don't want is, you know, Emily, how are you doing with your own work? I know Mama doing fine. Leave me alone. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and then, it, then of course the next thing appears, I'm your parent. I must see I'm, I'm oh, gonna. Yeah. And then it becomes, you know, a screaming now.
1: Yeah. It becomes uh, a point a sort a point of contention. And and, and it's absolutely. all part of what you were saying about just being involved with your child, being aware of you know how yeah, they're it, learning. It doesn't
0: have to be complicated, yeah. but wow. but it does wow. have to be consistent.
1: Yes. I like that. doesn't have to be complicated, just needs to be consistent.
0: Yeah, write that down somewhere. Yes,
1: I will. doesn't have to put be in, complicated, put just course. consistent. All right, I will. Yeah. Well, thank you so the, much. I
0: like it. You're welcome. Thank, thank you. you. This was a real fun. It was a pleasure. I appreciate uh, the invitation to come and chat. And uh, I, I look forward to, to discussing more in the future.
1: All right. Well, you have a great day. Thank you so much.